Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Erich, and I am the founder of 1000 Hours Outside. I am so thrilled to have a good friend back with me, S.D. Smith, Sam Smith, and joined uh, with him today is his son, Josiah. Welcome. We are so delighted to be here. We we ha- this has been this is fun. We have to confess we are we are inside We're inside right now. We're inside right now. You do. But, uh, so you you, okay. you, you kind of look like you're outside because yeah. you have a, a beanie hat and a jacket on. <laughs> it's a little it's a little chilly uh, in here, but uh, yeah, we're 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 feeling the we're feeling the outdoor spirit. There you go. I am inside as well, but hoping to get outside to come visit your family in West Virginia. My ties are there. That's where my grandma was born and uh, would go visit my great uncle. He stayed on the farm that they were born at uh, his whole life. So we go visit and I have such fond memories of West Virginia. Okay, so this is a little bit of a unique podcast today. We talked last year and you are an author and an incredible one with your Green Ember series and sold over a million of copies and it's a beloved series around the world. And you talked about how your creativity stemmed from play and a lot of open space in your childhood. Um, But today we're going a little bit of a different direction. You have your son here because you have a new series coming out that you've written together. You're writing together, you've written together. Tell us, how did this come about? Wow, this is yeah, it's really cool. I, I've uh, the the Green Ember series has been such a blessing. It's been so fun to write and such a joy for the last several years. And we have ten ten books out, and mm-hmm. it was always been kind of the question: what's what's next, and what are you going to do next? What's the next series? And so it's it's totally for me a dream come true to be able to write this this next series to start this next series with my boy Josiah. Um, and really, it started with him. You want to talk and tell about how the thing started, the, the old Jack Zulu? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, a few years back, uh, three, four years ago, I was 13, uh, I kind of envisioned this world as a, a TV series. And so mm-hmm. I kind of talk it through with dad and like pitch him ideas for it and things like that. And so I, by the time he he sort of came along to the project, I had a lot of it written and in place, the, the, the major mm-hmm. story beats. Um, but I don't know, a couple of years back, you kind of came to me and you were like, what would be, what would it look like if we wrote this together as a novel, you know, adapted it for the, for the page? Yeah, he, he was, it was a good, uh, it was a really good sort of treatment, a good, good show. He was, he's really interested in cinema and TV mm-hmm. shows, that kind of thing. And uh, really what I, what I was experiencing with The Green Ember is when we talk to people about, you know, movies or TV shows sort of stuff, it's a lot different conversation when you, um, when you already have something established, when you have the, the intellectual properties sort of established, you have an audience, you're ready, you know, that what, even if it's not huge, you know, it's it's just a different kind of a different thing to have it established instead of saying, hey, I have an idea for a show. Uh, when you say I have something that I've already created. And so it was a little mm-hmm. more concrete. And so I was thought, this is even just a better way to get the show made if you want to get the show made. And I was willing to just help him write it or or for uh and I said, well, or we could work on it together. So he chose the work on it together option and um and we've been doing it for a few years getting ready. And it's been it's wow. uh, it's been- well, and this is this episode is coming out on October 6th, and this book will have just launched on October 4th, so people will be able to get this. This is Jack Zulu and the Waylanders Key. I loved it. I read it. Did I read you? It. Do, mom, do moms read your books? Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a mom. I read your book. It is fantastic. It's long. You know, you did a good job. It's like a full novel. So... 
you uh, finished it's incredible the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> incredible read the whole thing so i love all the characters one of the things that we've talked about on 1000 hours outside and this is why i'm so excited to have both of you on is that our journey has been one where we've tried to include our kids and I think that it's a topic that's come up somewhat regularly, which is that part of parenting is modeling and part of parenting is providing these opportunities where we can to give our kids a chance to join in the real world, the adult world, and not the real world, right? Everyone's in the real world, but join into the adult world as they're growing and as they're maturing. And so I just recently had on John Acuff and he wrote a book with his daughters this past month. And so it's really encouraging and inspiring to see when kids can join in, in the family business or what the family's doing or the thing that you're passionate about as an adult and you can kind of pull them along with you instead of living in separate worlds. And so my hope is, this theme comes up a lot. My hope is, is that families will do the same thing, that they'll look at their lives and say, what is it that makes me tick that I can bring my kid into and give them different experiences, whether that's what they really want to do long term or not, at least they've had these little touch points. So Josiah, are you still because I have a son that's really interested in video. Uh, that's mm -hmm. what he likes to do is video editing. But this school year, he's doing a class on coding. He wasn't super interested in coding. But you know, there's this thought of putting your hand in a bunch of different pots and seeing where things fit. So Josiah, are you still really interested in the video side of it? Or has the book thing turned your interest a little bit? I, I love it all. I've always loved reading. I've always loved books. Um, but in the recent years of my life, I've been a lot more interested in film. And I think I'm still interested in that. I've, as we've been writing the book, I've still kind of been just like putting down ideas for, for potential, you know, TV series and things like that. So I would say yes is the answer to that question. Yeah, still interested, but this is giving you a different avenue. And like you said, Sam, I thought it was really interesting. So many movies are based off of books, so many. So that's a brilliant thing to have thought through the whole thing and to have this book. And then maybe in some ways it's easier to come up with a plot line, a, a movie, you already have the plot line, but to come up with a full movie once the mm. book is done. So Josiah, what, tell us, we all wanna know, what's it like to write a book with your dad? Oh, it is so much fun. You know, if I, if I have a bad idea or something, he can just, he just doesn't give me dinner, you know? He saves <laughs> <for> my room. <laughs> that's not true. Um, <laughs> it's it's awesome. It's so cool. Uh, we've talked a little bit about like most co-authors aren't cohabitant as well. So like wow. living in the same roof as your co-author is a really it's a big advantage when you're writing. Um, we can kind That's of interesting. I wondered if you were going to say it was an advantage or a disadvantage. That's interesting. Why would you say it's an advantage? Yeah, it could be, but it could be either, right? Yeah, it could definitely. I feel like we we have a pretty decent relationship for the yeah. most part. <laughs> Good job, Sam. <laughs> It, it does feel like um, it could easily go the other way for, for but yeah, I, I, I almost felt to me like we were like surfing in a way, you know, I, I feel um, for me as a dad, you just kind of, you're like, oh, this could be a, there's some, there's some easy ways to fall off in, mm -hmm. in that kind of thing on the relationship side, you know, you, you can, um, the, the main thing is just having a good relationship as father and son and loving each other. And for, for me, I want to be a good leader in, in, in our, in our uh, relationship and I want to be a good example and all that kind of stuff. So I got to be a good dad, like before, before I do any of this other stuff. And then it's like, Oh, we've got a it's serious project we're trying to do together as coworkers. So a lot of, it felt, yeah, a little bit like there's a, there's a surfing kind of a thing to go. But to me, the experience was, Oh, we just like, 
we just rode this huge wave and it was awesome. It was like so fun. We did, there wasn't a, I mean, we, we're not done yet. So we've got more to, more to go. So mm-hmm. we could still always fall off. And, and uh, when that happens, I hope we, we could be able to sort of just, mm-hmm. uh, if, uh, you know, re- repent if we're, if there's bad stuff between us and we can kind of get back on the, get back on the thing together. Uh, the surfboard, I guess, is what we're talking about now. I've never surfed. Have you surfed? No, no. Okay. It's, a, it's a metaphor. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> You know what a metaphor. You live is. in the wrong. You live in the wrong part of the country for surfing, but you do <laughs> live in a good part for the whitewater rafting. That's right. It's like whitewater rafting. It's like <laughs> there rafting. You go. It's like rafting. Rafting, rafting down the river. <laughs> what? What? So, so, what are the ins and outs? Is this something that you talk about over the dinner table, or is it something that you kind of compartmentalize and set time aside for? What are the logistics there? We, we definitely irritate everyone else in the family. We should probably be better at compartmentalizing <laughs> it. Yeah, we definitely do. Uh, we do. We do co-op the family family time, but by, by that's if everybody's if we're watching all watching a movie or something, and then immediately when the movie's over or something, we're like, now I, I could see what they were trying to do. We're like analyzing it from a story perspective, and everybody else is just you know rolling. Just watch their, the movie. Just watch it. Yeah. <laughs> rolling their eyes, but yeah, we would we would we would uh, yeah. It was a natural part. I kind of like what you what you said earlier, Jenny about it feels like in 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 most for most of history i I, i'm not a historian or anything i kind of i like it um i I approve of history um (laughs) i think it should continue Uh, but i'm I'm not against history i mean don't 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 let that be said um but no for most of history you know you'd have parents taking their kids to work like all the time that now we have this like take your daughter to work today take your son to work today uh, or a day and it's like one day but but for most of history you know, you'd have you know agrarian cultures or before pre-industrial you'd mm-hmm. have just kind of it would be natural to take people along and uh and, and there, there was something that i think there's something humane about that and something beautiful about that mm-hmm. that that's um that we may have be lost may, may be lost in a like a more disconnected world um but so i've had the great privilege of being able to sort of be close to home and this has just mm-hmm. been sort of like really the sort of an intense version of it. I, I love it because I don't have, um, I'm not able to, I don't, I don't fix cars or I'm not an IT person or I'm not, I don't, there, there are a lot of gifts I don't have, but this is, this is what I have. I know how to uh, write stories and, and share them. And this whole, pro- since we published the books with our little team, which is also sort of an extended family thing, my mm-hmm. brother, my brother-in-law, we all work together. To be able to sort of bring Josiah into this process, it's not just the writing, it's not just the performance, mm. it's the it's doing a podcast with you, it's the right. printing, it's the signing the books before for, for when we sell them, you know, the, 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 there, are, there are all these sort of logistical kind of things. So I don't have everything and, and Josiah right. can do whatever he wants, so he can be a professional surfer someday, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, if he learns to be coordinated at some point, That's not gonna happen. Um, but, <laughs> but, but I, this is what I have. So I was, it's such a gift to be able to bring him with me and to do, be able to do it together. I love that. And, and every, it, whether that's in a moment uh, of a, whether that's sort of a posture, you're able to do that all the time or whether it's gestures here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I value that so much that feels um, that, I, that was good for me, not to, just yeah. to be able to say, you know, because you, you never know, honestly, maybe it's a dark thought, but you never know when you're, what's going to happen in the world you don't know so it's i love that i've been able to give him what i have in in this area it feels like a a little bit of a tick box like oh well that's a little bit of a mission accomplished kind of thing i feel like that means i what i I do can kind of carry on more no pressure but you know (laughs) Uh. well you know it's interesting that you said and um 
and I have to bring this up because I thought it was the coolest thing, but there is so much more than just writing the book. So what you have done is you have given Josiah a glimpse and I, he already had it because you already were traveling and setting up at conferences and shipping out books and that sort of thing. But giving him a chance to do all of these other things, which is like a podcast and book design cover. And then you sent Trapper Keepers out, which I thought was brilliant. It was a big stir in my family because everyone wanted all the things. And I was like, this is mine. I have earned this. They wanted the candy because this, this book, Jack Zulu, is set in the 80s, which is fun because that's my childhood. And everyone wanted, they wanted the pop rocks. I mean, it was like snatch and grab. The kids were trying to grab all the things. But even that, to see what a fun, that was so fun, a fun way to send out advanced copies and and to include that in there. And I feel, I talked about this with John Acuff, I feel like for me in my childhood, the things that I had exposure to, even if it was brief exposure, I have no qualms about now as an adult. But the things that I was not exposed to, they make me nervous forever, forever. It doesn't ever change. And so to have those experiences as a kid are so valuable. And so that's the message. It keeps coming up. So I'm hoping that as parents are listening to this, that they're looking in their lives for ways or within their extended family. Because when you're talking about agrarian societies, I think that there was a lot of apprenticeships that would happen within a village, within a community. Maybe you're going off with your uncle. Maybe you're going off with a cousin. Maybe you're going off with an, a close neighbor or something like that. But you're learning within the context of life through the people around you. So this question is for Josiah. Has there been anything that has surprised you through the process? Or did you feel pretty comfortable about it because you've kind of been walking alongside and seeing your dad do this for years? Hmm, that's a super interesting question. Yeah, I, I feel like it's all kind of surprised me to a certain degree. Like, I feel like every day we're just, I'm getting to be a part of a new challenge or solving a new problem that I'm not used to. Um, but it, I, there is a certain level of familiarity, I think, because I've been, I've been hmm. kind of collaborating with you for a while uh, with my dad, just helping with book stuff and, and, you know, he'll bounce ideas off me and things like that. Um, but this is definitely taking it up a notch, I would say. Mm -hmm. So for the people that don't know, can you tell us how old you are? And are you the oldest in the family? I'm 16 years old. Uh, I'm not the oldest in the family. I have an older sister as she is 19. Okay. Is she also interested in writing? So Sam, how has that been? Are the other kids... Do you kind of just take it as their interests go? Are the other kids also interested in that creative writing process, video, that type of thing? Yeah, they all help. Our oldest, Anne, works with us. She does a lot of, she does kind of customer service things. She's also a very creative person. She's, she's kind of a good writer. She's a really wonderful writer. She's a, she's a songwriter and she writes prose and poetry. And she just, yeah, she's kind of, a, she's, she's wonderful. Um, she's so yeah, she's involved. We're, they're they're all involved involved in different ways. It's funny you mentioned the sort of the trapper keeper or the the uh, pre release kind of things that we sent to some some folks. We we um, my youngest daughter Nora. She she was my right hand woman on that one. She she helped me do all that kind of stuff, and she was so excited to do that. And all the kids help. Micah is, it helps as well, and in, in so many ways, he's our thirteen year old. It is funny that that um, there's sort of like. I don't know. I love that sort of that multi-generational opportunity to sort of hand off things and, and different one, different ones of the kids have had like different, it feels like different parts of us, Gene and I, that they have mm -hmm. kind of warmed to. They all love, uh, we all sort of love everything. We're all kind of, um, I think, pretty good collaborators. 
but um, there's sort of different strengths. M- Mike is more of an athlete. He's that's kind of his main thing. I mean, Josiah and he both and Nora and Ann did as well. They played soccer and mm-hmm. they're, they're they're sporty. Mike is like a lot more than other people. He's like more tuned into like nutrition and thinking about exercise mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And that's like a p- little part of me in my life. I love sports. I love sports growing up. So he and I connect a, kind of a lot a, along those lines. And so I'll coach and we'll you know work together, mm-hmm. that kind of things. Uh, but but they're sort of, sort of like different aspects. Josiah has always yeah. been a little bit more of the like, I'm ready to do all this work. He's like, he's mm-hmm. very, um, he's super hardworking. And that that's a big difference if there's like, um, you know, if you're thinking about sort of coaching creative kids, it's like, it's such a that you talked about modeling modeling is the most important thing for sure. Like mm-hmm. you can't give what you don't have, or, you know, I think Frederick Buechner said the, the best um, teachers don't, don't teach their, you know, their subjects, they teach themselves something like that. Wow. And, uh, wow. and I, I think that's so true. And you, that's what, that's kind of what you're, I don't know. You, you, you do that so well. You're just like, I'm not going to say, Oh, my kids go out and do you. You're like, let's go do it together. And I think that's such an awesome thing. That's, and that's certainly what we're trying to do, but there's different aspects. I think Josiah has been definitely hard work. There's all those habits. It feels like habits are are more, more powerful than anything. Cause you can sort of fill the, the desired thing, whether that's going into ministry, whether that's going into business, whether that's, you know, going into, you know, what whatever uh, sort of disciplines that are out there or whatever sort of opportunities are out there. If you have the habits, <laughs> then you can do you're unstoppable. You know, you're mm-hmm. totally unstoppable. So so I think that's one thing I'm proud, really proud of Josiah. He's, he's very disciplined in his habits. He's very disciplined in, in hard, working hard, working hard. So that just translates any kind of uh special skills, special opportunities. I learned this, I learned this, that just, that just supercharges them because mm-hmm. of the, the the power of the, you know, those habits just means that you're coming, you're getting better and better every day. And yeah. um, uh, that, that's, I mean, that's a, a powerful thing for him. I think why he's been able to do what he's doing at such a young yeah, age. Good habits. That's incredible. People are going to have to listen to the other episode that you and I recorded together, which was last year, because people might come in from the outside and see this functioning family business, but not know the history that this is rather new and bringing in the family members and all of that. I'm sure has been a very steep learning curve because mm-hmm. you weren't always a writer. Can you just give a brief background for those who don't know? Sure. Yeah, th- these are stories. It's funny, Josiah's involved with uh, so many aspects of this, but Josiah and Anne, our oldest two particularly, uh, started telling these these stories too. I was kind of just, my older brother used to tell me stories. I told stories to my, my, my baby sister because of that, about animals and sort of just, that was just a natural kind of a thing. And so when they were little, I would just tell them stories about these little rabbits hopping around in the yard. I would tell them about them over uh, bedtimes and walks and that kind of stuff. And, and it sort of developed into this long, rough draft in a sense. I don't, it wasn't really a rough draft because it was it was a, it was a real awesome time for us together. But eventually they were like, Daddy, you got to write this down. So I, I wrote the I wrote the book, wrote the Green Ember as, a, as almost like an artifact of our time together uh, to, yeah. to sort of memorialize it and i thought if that's all it is that's really good enough and you but had other you had other jobs at that point i did yeah i was i was i had a real job as i like to say <laughs> uh, and uh um i was sort of i was always kind of a 
creative type. I liked music and I liked um, writing, uh, you know, especially as I got older, I would, was more and more focused on it. But uh, we shared the green ember and to our to our delight and surprise, we were the mm. people really responded to it. Yeah. So it wasn't long after that that, yeah, we, we had that moment of like, should I do I quit my job? <clears throat> or do I, you know, keep doing this? And so eventually we decided to do that. So yeah, we're ve- we're very new to it. So not yes. only the learning curve of of the creative side of how to do that well, but then the, the whole connection side. How do you how do you run a small business? We we didn't right. come from a family of uh, we were missionary kids, you know, not too far removed from subsistence farmers <laughs> in in, mm-hmm. in the in in West Virginia, and uh, so so we weren't. We, that's been a continual opportunity to learn and our kids I, that's another thing i love and that's another thing even our son micah is kind of interested in his business and how do you how do you do that mm-hmm. well so that's been a um an opportunity for all of us to kind of jump in together and learn and to 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 grow hopefully as a family and, and uh but yeah you're right it's a new, it's a new thing and we're kind of yeah. all in it and that's inspiring because someone might look at what you have is 10 books. You're launching a new book with your son. They come from the outside in and say, well, he must have been doing this for decades. Mm-hmm. But no, you were able to career switch. You were able to build a family business and employ extended family and continue to grow. And you have your Green Writer series where kids can take the class and learn. We can talk about that in a little bit. But there's so many elements of that. So that's inspiring, right? That the sky's the limit and that people can go after their passions and little by little grow and learn and add to it. So, okay, let's talk about this book in particular. Josiah, is fantasy, is that your favorite genre? Is that what you would call this? I think so. Yes, I think it's a Mm -hmm. fantasy is that your favorite genre to write and read? I think so. I kind of like everything. I, I mean, I, I've always been attracted to fantasy stories. I was kind of raised on like Narnia and the Lord of the Rings and things like that. So that always mm-hmm. like feels like like home base to me is like, you know, swords and then magic and adventure and things like that. So I, I think that's that's kind of where I gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I, I like I like all sorts of stuff. Okay, so I I found this list online. It's 50 brilliant original questions to ask an author. (laughs) But really, they weren't that good. So there was only a couple that were good. Uh, But one of them was, how do you come up with all these names, the different characters and the different lands? How do you come up with all that? And Josiah comes up with them, and then I tell him that that's... You tell me that they're terrible. They're terrible, and I do a better one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's kidding kind of yeah. <laughs> we both kind of just like come up with stuff that sounds good we're not like Tolkien or anything who like actually think about the language and the, the dialogue a little bit you know, not very much I don't know. it's yeah. mostly just gibberish <laughs> <laughs> what sounds good yeah but we do care a lot about how it it's it's so much it's like another element in service to the story and so it's got to mm-hmm. kind of make sense with the story yeah it's got to kind of come in some of them do have connections to history like the the vandals in um in this story okay. the, the vandalians that's a historical thing that's you know west virginia was at one time called vandalia or this area was oh i remember that was interesting that it was yeah. possibly going to actually be called that yeah, they had so there's a, you get a little bit of West Virginia history in this in, in yeah. this book, uh, and that's something we we love since we we love this place. But mm-hmm. yeah, but the, the alien kind of thing, I think it just kind of had to sound it right, like a, an assonance to it yes. to make it sound nice, easy to pronounce. We don't want anything that's too crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, kind of jive. Um, 
Is it bizarre to you to bring forth something that didn't exist before? Is that to me with fantasy, that's what you're doing. I mean, this, these different characters and the ones that, you know, he loses his arm and, you know, and the birds and all, I mean, that it didn't exist before. (laughs) And you come up with these different names. Do you think that's cool? I think but that's you, cool. You know what? But you do that too. You know, like just think about several years ago. What? What? A thousand hours outside. Like that's a that's a phrase you could say. Anybody could say those are materials that exist. A thousand mm-hmm. hours, you can do that. Whatever. You, outside, people go outside. But look at what you created. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. you you uh, had a, a vision in your mind. You had a it's it's, a, it's imagination first, and then you know you sort of like you're you're kind of like a little and this isn't disrespectful at all. i think you're you're imitating your father in a way like your your father in heaven you're 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 creating you're speaking and you're mm-hmm. you're imagining and you're speaking and then something is happening and and in your case with that it's like you've you created something that's that has such resonance with so many people and it, and it's Aww. not complicated but it's beautiful and I think that's kind of similar. I mean, in, in a in a in a probably a smaller way. And but we're we're sort of a speaking, and a, but we're we're not we're not creating like out of nothing the way that God does with these. Mm-hmm. He's on a different level for sure. But we're right. we're talking described as sub creating, and we're doing that with materials that are out there. So there's it's not there's nothing all the way new. But when it all comes together, it's like oh that didn't exist before. Like this is. Right. A, Kind right. of kind of special to your, but we do that all the time when we when we when we get married when we have kids you know you're 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 making a new world all the time when we when we build something when we create something you know uh, somebody had said that that like bees and beavers and all the kind of creative animals that sort of build amazing things like they're they're sort of doing what they've always done like they do the same kinds of building most of the time but people you know we, you know made in the image of God we have this like this capacity to create new things in a way that 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 really animals don't the same way and nothing nothing against the animals i mean <laughs> right, don't let it right. be said i'm respecting the animal. but it's just so what you've done is is absolutely amazing with creating these new worlds and and so that, i think we do it more explicitly people, oh you made that from nothing but we kind of all do it all the time and it's mm. a i that's love interesting. That. that's a that is a cool thing. Like it's the the Mordock. That's what I was thinking of. You know, this yeah. is now this is something that lives in my mind that I have an image <laughs> of that didn't exist before, you know, in these different worlds and people imagine them. And so here's a question I have that I've always sort of had, which is how much of the end do you know, or does it unfold as you're going along? That's super interesting. I, I think maybe for the Green Ember, you had a little bit, it was more organic as, as you wrote it. Like you had a plan as you were writing it. But I, I think because of the sort of origins of this book, like where I kind of envisioned it for TV, we had a lot more of it planned out. So okay. even now, as we're writing the, the next books in the series, we kind of, we have like an ending for the series envisioned and we're kind of working toward that. So that's kind of been a superpower we've had as we've written this book is like, we know the ending pretty well for this story. So anything that we can do to kind of pump that up or or amp that, whatever makes that ending work, we want to set it up earlier on. And he's really great at that too. And that's, that's part of been the strength of sort of performing this book, uh, you know, getting it, getting it, getting the actual artifact done has been, he, he's very tight on, this is actually what he's helped me a lot with the green ember, but he's very tight on sort of like, the uh, the story bones the story math mm-hmm. like, the direction you know, where are you going 
where are we going? And then everything has to kind of make sense because of that. This, this, we lose this here because we gain this here. And, and I, that's been super fun for me. Uh, that's been a real, he, he's really, I've learned a lot from him. Uh, how to do that well. And uh, yeah, it's really, it, it feels like when you get to the end, hopefully you feel like, Oh, that's what it had. That's what had to happen. Like it's, it's a mm-hmm. uh, very, uh, and, but still and maybe surprising, but it's, uh, but it's, you know, satisfying. I hope. But also there are some things that like, you know, you would come with like a, with a draft of a chapter. And I'd be like, Oh, I never thought of that in a million years. You know, it's completely organic just from like you while you were writing kind of mm-hmm. came up with yeah. it. Yeah. There's, there's a certain amount of like open being open to discovery and, and uh, mm-hmm. there's some kind of mix there. It's like surfing. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, surfing on the new river on a whitewater raft. Uh, you know, you know, you know what a, a, a simile is, don't you? A simile, yes. I it's do. it's it's like it's a like a. Okay. Oh, you're such a you're such a good homeschool dad, Sam. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so, <a> jerk. <laughs> Josiah, tell me about a couple of your favorite characters in the Jack Zulu series. Hmm. Um, my favorite character is probably Benny. Um, that's probably the stereotypical answer. I, I bet he's a lot of people's favorite character because uh, he's funny and he's, he's, he's the goofball. He's the, he's kind of the, um, I don't know. He's the Barney Fife to Jack's Andy Griffith, if that makes any sense. Um, so I, it, it I, makes sense. To that's me. a total homeschool answer. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's so okay, I like that. Uh, I promised myself I wouldn't mention Andy Griffith. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like Benny a lot. Um, I, I like a lot of the characters. I'm a big fan of Jack. He's kind of, he feels like he's the most uh, relatable in a lot of ways. Cause you kind of mm-hmm. see this through his eyes. Um, right. You know, Michelle's super cool. We don't get to see a whole lot of her character in this book, but I'm excited to see where we can kind of mm-hmm. interact with her more and, and understand more about her character. As the no, spoilers. No, no spoilers. No spoilers. I really yeah. like Mr. Wheeler. Wheeler's yeah. cool. I'm throwing yeah. that out there. Yeah. That's a cool character. Like the sage, the guide. I really liked him. Is it hard to keep the characters in character, if that makes sense? Is it? I, I don't know. I, I think... They feel pretty clear to you? It, it can be hard. I think sometimes I'll be like planning, I'll be writing something out and then I'll realize, oh, that's not that's not what Benny would say or that's not what Jack mm-hmm. would do in this scenario. So you, it is, you kind of have to keep your head on straight sometimes. Right. But I'll say, Dad, you do more of the actual performance of like the writing. So I don't really know. Yeah, I it doesn't seem like it too much. I don't, maybe... It's almost it's like surfing. If um, uh, but if if you think about it too much, it is it is a little bit like sports. You know, if you if you're kind of like um, uh, we played, I played a lot of basketball or soccer kind of thing. If you if you are, if you're totally oblivious to the plan, to the team strategy, or whatever, you're going to be really you're going to struggle. You know, but but if you're also if you're overthinking everything, I've got to be. You know, if you're always thinking, oh, what do I do now? Here's my form. I have to oh think about exactly how. It's so there's this flow state. You have to kind of you have to let go a little bit. Um, so it's it's a very it's a cool. I love the job. I love what we do because it is um, this sort of nice mix of imagination and intellect. You know, you're kind of mm-hmm. sometimes you crank up the intellect a little bit to think through something, but you, you're, it's a lot of flow. It's a lot of natural, a lot of um, kind of let, letting it happen. So I don't I can't overthink that. But and, and so maybe I'm actually not only performing it as well as I think, but it feels, I feel like I'm just, I've got to 
be there sort of imaginatively and execute sort of it's 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 what we talked about before jenny but it's your world it's play i mean yeah. that's what it is it's playing professionally it's it, that's what that's what i do that's what we do is we you know you pretend mm-hmm. and i like it and i think i'm kind of good at it I, I i i loved it as a kid i was super imaginative played and i had all these worlds in my head and, and it's you just kind of hold a whole little world in your head and then you you play in it and uh, I can't. I don't think too much about Josiah. You're more. You're more of an analytical. You're, but I think you have to be if you're going to be a director, a showrunner, that kind of thing. You have to kind of hold it all. You got to, you know, help 300 people right. build. Something. But when you're a novelist by yourself, you're just kind of you can you can you kind of got to hold that whole world and you and you've got to let it come mm-hmm. out. And it's got to be a little bit natural, and you got to, you, can, you can get better, and you can analyze, but you can't overanalyze in the moment. So I, I kind of I I love that that opportunity just to play. And I think what Josiah does, yeah. he just like gives me a lot. We talk about it, and he gives me a whole lot, and then I can go, I can like play in that world. Mm-hmm. So. And like you said, Josiah, that would happen during play where you would be like, oh, that person wouldn't say that or that person wouldn't really do that. And so now you're just playing around with the characters in your imagination. That's interesting. Okay, this comes from the list of the brilliant questions. So here we go. Are there any hidden secrets in your book or any inside jokes or anything like that that only a few people would find? Hmm. Can't tell you. We can't. Uh, yeah. We can't tell. <laughs> I answered it. I asked an unanswerable question. We, we can't. T- There's we can't. one. We well, it's just a, it's a yes or no. The secret, you don't have to tell what it is. The treasure map thing with where the people can find the money. Oh, if they follow oh, the if clues. They, yeah. I wish we had done something like that. That would have been awesome. <laughs> where they can find the actual treasure. <laughs> so the farm in the book, it's called McClure Farm. Uh, or the, the McClure's family farm or something. And that was uh, our neighbors for like 10 Aww. minutes. There's a lot of little things like that that yeah. are just sort of like... Maybe you like to do that. You drop like names and stuff. That maybe wouldn't there. be That's interesting. That's cool. People, because the, the the main thing is you don't want people thinking about like, oh, that's an allusion to the president, right. or that's a you know like stuff <laughs> right. that sure. <laughs> stuff that'll take kind of people out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But so we don't I don't generally do too 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 much about that. But there, I don't slipping a little thing here or there that someone would feel real special, like oh, oh maybe so. And there might be a little a little joke or something here that somebody. But I feel like that do that kind of naturally but i don't i don't think about it we mentioned the karate kid way more than felt natural in this book <laughs> <laughs> not, we're, we're big karate kid fans but um yeah uh, <laughs> i love it that fits that fits do you have unfinished books half finished books or are you the type that once you get going you're gonna get to the end what about you me uh I have tons of them. I'm just lazy. I just don't like finishing things. So I have, I have tons of unfinished projects. Um, Screenplays. Yeah. Screenplay. I've only ever finished one screenplay. So it's, it's really hard to finish stuff. Yeah. I think that's, that is a superpower kind of thing too, is is being able to finish. So I, I, I certainly had a lot of things that run fish and now I, I, uh, if I'm working on it, I'm going to, I'm probably going to finish if I'm working on it really a lot, but, but uh, I have a lot of beginnings and a lot of sort of like, scraps so I've, yeah. uh, you know i can go back in and sometimes i'll go back in and refine those scraps which might include a first chapter or you know first few pages of a book uh or, or an idea and then i can kind of like oh because if i'm writing something else i just that's sort of like a truant exercise of like going over here and and, I, and that's really um 
um, enticing <laughs> when you're writing a book. Everything else seems interesting because that's you, the easy part. It's just so, ideas and right. just fun stuff. So easy. So the discipline is like, no, okay, I'll, I'll hmm. I'm not going to fully indulge this, but I'm going to get this cool idea down enough right. to where I can come back to it. But then I gotta I gotta stay faithful to the old uh, uh, what what I'm working on now. But that feels like a that's hard. That's very yeah. hard. But if you're out there and you're you're a creative person like in this in this way finish things i mean that mm-hmm. that puts you in a small small group finish a book finish finish you know finish wow. things is that true for you uh, jenny are you kind of like an idea of like a bunch of different ideas or do you are you pretty much like i'm writing this book I, well yeah i kind of just go at things imperfectly that's how i do it so i think i tend to finish and yeah. put the thing out there because then that's a platform for the next thing you yeah. can't go anywhere if you don't do anything if you don't start and so that's sort of where we're at, which is a lot of failure, a lot of, oh, I'm going to adjust. So I think we do tend to just do, do, mm-hmm. and then you have direction for the next. But it does involve some embarrassment and it involves humbling experiences where people don't like what you've done or they don't like this product or whatever the thing is, and it doesn't go over super well. So you have to be brave and then you have something to continue to work off of foundationally moving forward but yeah i think when you finish it the thing about finishing it is then it goes out into the world mm-hmm. and this john acuff wrote this book with his daughters called sound well his book was called soundtracks and then their book together and it's short is called your new playlist but the one of the daughters in there said i never had a one star review until i wrote this book yeah. And I thought that was a really profound thing, right? Which is that, look, like we could do nothing, yep. not put anything out there, or we're going to put it out there and some people aren't going to like it. There's going to be that. There's always going to be like that. There's always going to be a few people. And so then do you risk? Do you risk the couple one-star reviews in order to create and to finish and to actually display to the world? So, well, so, so book launch. So tell me about next week. This is coming out on October 4th. And Josiah, are there things that you're excited about, nervous about, scared about? And what does this book launch period look like for your family? She just glossed right over her brilliant commentary there. Yeah. She's moving on to the next thing. I mean, that that you're like speaking my love language. I'm just like, yes, Jenny, yes. That's <laughs> a, I love the one star review. That's so, yes. so so great. Well, you that's your green writer, right? Which is we're we're going and growing. And I might have said that in the wrong order. So my apologies. <laughs> we're going and we're growing. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's well so tell me so that's a good transition real quick before we go into book launch then. Tell us about the green writer. Well, I it just I just loved that whole. I loved your answer. I love what you. I mean, I I should be the interviewer, and you should be. You know, I like Josiah being on this side of it. Actually, it's just kind Josiah of. Josiah should go surfing. I think that's what he should do. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, that's I love what you said because you know I, Marcus really. I think he said you can easily avoid criticism by by doing nothing, by saying nothing, by by being nothing. I I love that. Like you 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 get hurt in the in the game. Like you get yes. hurt. You get hurt out there. But like that's how you score touchdowns. You can't score touchdowns from the from the crowd. You know you can't play. You can't do so. Get in the arena. You know get out there. And, and it, but it's yeah. that's where you get booed. That's where the Monday morning quarterbacks know much so much better than what you did. But I loved your answer. It's so it's like uh, and and I, I feel that way. Instead of um, and that, that perfectionism sort of paralyzes us. But mm-hmm. but do it bad. You know like and yes. and I think you you model this all the time that like the. 
that, that we try less things as we get older. You even talked about that, that the, the things you tried as a kid, like you feel comfortable with, but mm-hmm. now, so we have this dignity, which is kind of cool. It's right. Is there something appropriate about having more dignity as you get older, but you risk your dignity when you try something you're not good at. And it's harder. I, I don't know if it's, is it harder? Is it harder? Or we just, we just, uh, you just can't avoid it when you're a kid. So you're like, you're made to do something like, oh, I'm bad at math, but you have to do it. Or I'm, oh, I don't want to play mm. dodgeball because I'm embarrassed, but, but I have to. So you get forced into all these kinds of, but as an adult, you're like, interesting. Oh, I, have a I, have, I have a choice and I don't have to risk my dignity. Yeah. I don't have to look like a fool. You can skate by. Yeah, you're you're like the safe path is not. It's kind of like what Lewis C.S. Lewis talked about with love. Like, if you love anything, you risk. It's such a risk. But if you, but the alternative is is death. The alternative is just like if you, you know, it's you're safe. But it's kind of like he talks about what happens in your heart when you don't risk it. When you risk it, you'll lose for sure because people die. That you know, you lose your love. That things happen that are tragic and terrible, and that that happens in the in the world. It eventually will happen for all of us. But but if you don't if you don't risk your heart you know it becomes moldy and dark and and uh, and and so this that, I love that that the 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 safe path is not the always the best path so risking like going out there and trying and 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 actually having experience with it and that you. you become the kind you become a different kind of character that's exactly what the, the kind of characters we root for we want right. characters who try things risk things even if they fail here and there we're just like you, you know that, yeah that. i think for both of us that's why we're sitting here you know i had this um for our homeschool journey now our homeschool journey you have this journey where you're trying to you're trying to direct to my kids you know do this do that and now do this and then the kids would get nervous about some different things like things that obviously to me felt very small like talking to a waiter and i'm like well you're gonna have to order your own food sorry <laughs> i'm not doing it for you then they'd say well i'm nervous then i thought well i'm not doing anything in my life that makes me nervous nothing i'm only doing the things that i'm comfortable doing and that's all i've ever really done when i've gotten to make the decision is to take the things that i already feel comfortable doing and that's all i do and so it was a challenge to myself to step out into realms that make me nervous speaking makes me nervous podcasts make me nervous i mean people would say uh, well it seems easy but you have to be prepared and you're talking through a screen and what if you fumble over your words and what if you put your foot in your mouth and all these different things they make me nervous and so it's helping me to relate to my kids better but what i have learned overall is that when i have stepped out into these arenas that i don't feel comfortable with i've opened up the door for opportunity for other people Mm. and that's been one of the coolest things about it is that your circles start to overlap with other people almost like those venn diagrams right and you're all lifting each other up and and you're providing opportunities for your kids and you're opening the door for friends and family members and they're doing the same for you and then you're all growing together you're all raising the bar together. Uh, I love that. That's so powerful. You know, that you're talking about, that's, that's the heart of like, even sort of creative artistry. Like exactly. Uh, we were listening to um, Andrew Peterson one time talking about, and he he played a song and he played it. He played one of his songs and then he transitioned into a, I think a Rich Mullins song and on the piano. And he's like, he was, he was giving a talk to writers and he was saying like, I've never done that before. And it scared mm-hmm. me to do this and he's like yeah. and he, every time you feel that kind of thing like do it do it because yeah. there's that unlocks 
so much when we when we try that and that, that is like the, you're talking about the, the it's essentially risk like the the one star review that that's mm-hmm. that's part of it but the whole like the whole like this might not work thing like we 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 don't grow and it's just like a guaranteed and we want that so much that safety of like that security wow. but that's that's what we you know this that was part of the struggle with this book together is like this might not work you know i might what am i going to am i going to ruin this cool idea that he had or, wow. and it's it still might not work, you know, who yeah. knows, but, but that there's something we learn in the risk and even in a failure is the most wicked, evil to be avoided thing of all time, then we're not going to do anything. But if failure is mm-hmm. a possibility, then that's okay. I mean, failures, you know, people, there are how many cliche quotes throughout history are about how, how failure is a great, is a great right. teacher. And it's true. We just have to risk it. We got to risk it. Yeah. I like that you use the word unlocks because that is right in your book, right? There's the key and it's burning the hole in the pocket. And yeah. it is like that. It's like, and that is our world, right? We're living in this video game world. We're unlocking new stages and we're unlocking yeah. new levels. And I like Simon, and I don't know if it's Sinek. I should know. It's, and he has this book called The Infinite Game, where the point is not to win. The point is to keep playing and not to quit. And I love that you're just you're going and you're growing. And that is just sort of the point of life. So real quick, can you tell people about your Green Rider course? And then I want to know if you're doing anything fun for launch week. Cool. Great. Yeah, the Green Rider is if you're if you're a writer out there that it might it might be a you know, it, it came as a result. It's like a golden rule sort of a thing. It's like, uh, what what uh, people have asked me so, so many questions and like, what would I want to know if I was in their position? Yeah. How can I be kind to them? How can I love them? How can I respond? Uh, to to what their desire is, which is like, I'd like to, I'd like to learn writing from you. I'd like to, what do I do? I, you know, I've gotten a, th- a thousand emails and letters and all kinds of yeah. things and, and questions in person. So I just want to uh, give some of that advice. Like, what would I do? It's kind of my first, your first step, some basic things. Isn't about- that cool? Because you didn't know what to do and you did it anyway. <laughs> and now yeah. you're able to help all of these people. I keep going back to that John Acuff just because I just recently talked to him and also because he has this very similar thing where he just wrote this book with his daughters. But he said, go first and give other people the gift of going second. Mm. And that's what you're doing, right? You pave the path, you blaze the trail, and now other people, and you're open with your information to include your son, but to also include all of these other people who say, well, can you give me a little bit of direction? And that's when you're so encouraging with all of that. You know, you're not keeping it to yourself. You're sharing it. Well, I, I, the, that kind of hints at a, the sort of a broader kind of a thing, which is the broader prayer for me is that there'll be because I, I, you know, the big sort of picture about like what's good for the world, and I, I yeah. do think good, honest, faithful, exciting, uh, you know, storytelling is more powerful than maybe we we have historically given it credit. Yeah. And, and and so I, my prayer is that there'll be, you know, a hundred thousand uh, incredible storytellers yeah. that going to get raised up, and so and and that can happen. And and I, and so I, this is just like a little part of that being able to kind of help. But yeah, I would love, I would love for this whole army of people to sort of pass me to go, like you said, sort of blaze the trail, but then, you know, go, go on, go further, do better. And I mean, and we're, I hope we're sort of, you know, experiencing that with, with Josiah. And well, I, that's interesting. I had read, and I can't remember where I read it, but I talked about it at a conference once of what are some of our baseline needs, 
You know, we have this need for novelty, for new things. We have a need for soul-feeding stories. And I can't remember where I read that. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. But this need for soul-feeding stories and, and these different baseline needs that we have is a couple of them. You can see how the screen manufacturers can play off of those. And very easily, all the video games now are in story form and they're cut to these different scenes and it's it's like a whole story, but you're still providing those bare bones stories that you can read together as a family, that you can fall into as a child and be imaginative and go into those worlds in a different way. And so that's wonderful. And I think series are so fun because then it's not over. You know, you read one and it's not over and there's more to come. Are you guys doing anything big next week? I see sometimes people do big things for launch week. Sometimes people don't. I mean, it's really exciting. Josiah, it's next week. I know. Congrats. It's I can't believe it. Yeah. This is the so this is a, the pre order so I don't know if we'll we'll do a whole we'll do some things this um, I don't know what we're doing but we're come we are down playing, there and throw you a party so when the book actually comes out which will be I think the official date is in November when it when the, when the sort of full release this is the okay October, yeah pre release is October fourth pre release pre orders is October fourth that's right pre orders which is exciting so that's a big that's a big opportunity for us we've been building things we've been making videos we made a release day video that kind of thing we're we're okay. just it's been a big part of that he's you know he's 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 doing a great job I think communicating and I think people need to know that pre orders are very important for authors oh. if you like an author's work you can really support them by buying the book ahead of time because it helps with a lot of things but it helps with planning it helps with rankings and all of those types of things so yes this is going to come out during the pre-order period and then the books actually ship in november that's yeah, fun great holiday gift yeah oh i think it'll i think it'll be wonderful if you it's uh and we'll do some cool things we'll do i think we're going to do some in-person things in november and maybe some online kind of mm-hmm. online sort of thing yeah. so yeah well, we'll be looking out for that. And also the pressure's on because I want you to do cool. Th- I think we should do cool things. I actually just saw this lady, her, she's got this five Mary's farms and her name is Mary and she has four daughters named Mary. So this is another one where the kids are included in the business. Everyone's named Mary, but they're like Mary Francis and she goes by Frankie. So that's kind of how they deal with that. But five Mary's farms and she had a cookbook that came out just yesterday, actually. And they had a huge party with all the different recipes. And I'm like, this is great. We should be really celebrating bringing in creativity and new products and new things for people bringing that into the world. So what should we do with Jenny? Jenny, what should we do? I'm going to put out a poll. I'm going to ask for ideas because it should be something big. And you should be dreaming about it because it is a big, it is a huge thing to celebrate that you have. You you know how it's like, though. You you, kind of get to the... To this point, and it's a little, it can be challenging to sort of have, mm-hmm. you, you work so hard on the creation side, and then now you're kind of turning to the connection side, you're trying to be generous, yeah. trying to be hospitable, but it's like, it, it, at some point, you're kind of a little bit like, oh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm now, yeah. I'm now dead. The work, uh, the work never left. ends, and it's but, a different type of work, it's a big shift. It is, but but you're exactly right, we should, and we will, we, we will celebrate, and we have here and there when we first got the book we but but you're right we need to we need to put as much energy into that it's just uh the, it's challenging you come up with something cool and we'll, <laughs> i'll we'll do, do that i will do that josiah <laughs> do you have any besides your dad do you have any author friends oh author friends i wish i had more author friends do you cool. have any friends at all uh, yeah that's <laughs> the main <problem. laughs> um i mean 
I think having SD Smith as my dad is is kind of an unfair advantage. So I, I've been able to kind of travel with him and and get to hang out with a lot of his friends. So I, I've got your friends too. His friends are your friends. That's yeah. how it works. Yeah, definitely. Um, you have some young authors too. I mean, other people that are like aspiring kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He knows all the people I know. All the same old boring. <laughs> so, people. do you have a lot of author friends in Sam? Not a huge amount, but yeah, some, um, yeah, mm-hmm. some people like, you know, you and Sarah McKenzie and Randall Goodgame and Andrew Peterson and Indy Wilson. And yeah, I know. I mean, I know a lot of people who are authors. Yeah. I think, I think people who, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny that, you know, I don't, my, uh, I like, I like people who are doing you know weird things like us too, but also just like, I like one of my best friends is, is you know, is a stump grinder. You know, he, he mm-hmm. like, and another best friend is like a pastor or pastor. And, you know, like I like different, and I think that's, what's cool about being a, a writer, you know, a, a fiction, maybe particularly just like, I'm not overly enamored with this as a, like, this is the only kind it's cool. Yeah. It's great. Also it's an ordinary vocation, you know, and it's, it's, it's yeah, about, we talked about that last time. It's just like yeah. going to work. You talk yeah, about writers, like writer's block. It's like, well, no, you just go to work like everyone else and you do what you have yeah. to do. Uh, Josiah, yeah. what do you like to do when you're not writing besides surfing? <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a surfer. Look at his hair. He, does. he does look like a surfer. It's like fun. Um, <laughs> I love uh, movies. I'm, a, I'm kind of a big like movie nut. Uh, I like I play soccer. I've got a soccer game tonight. Um, I enjoy eating a lot of food. Um, that's <laughs> that's great. These are great answers. And I think the movie thing is a cool one, too, because we talk about how we're not anti-screen and that certain screen activities can enhance your creativity. So yeah. that's gotten you off on your path which is you like them and you analyze them and i'm sure that you incorporate different ideas that you see into your ideas this is my last question for josiah sorry sam (laughs) well i could ask both what are a couple of your favorite books my favorite books i'm a i'm a huge fan of the bible um that's what yeah okay the green (laughs) (laughs) you interrupted the bible sam (laughs) with your product (laughs) promo They're both good. I'm just saying the bottom of the green yeah. number, you know, they're both really top. <laughs> Ooh, that's that's a rough one. I, don't know. No, no, no. I love um Count of Monte Cristo. That's my like pretentious smart person answer. Mm-hmm. Uh that's one of my favorite books. And I love okay. Ender's Game. That's also one of my favorites. Is that your pretentious d- dumb person answer? I don't know. I, I don't pretend to be dumb, huh? <laughs> No. Are you the type that has uh, a stack of books that you're reading? Are you always reading or do you just read sometimes and you're more into the movies? I try to read a lot. I try to be reading something uh, at all times. I mean, I'm not reading something right now, like currently mm-hmm. as we speak. I, I, I'm more of an audiobook guy, so I have kind of like okay. a list of audiobooks that I'll work through. Um, right now I'm reading a collection of Philip K. Dick's short stories. Hmm. Okay. And that's great. How about you, it's Sam? Awesome. What do you like to read? What are you reading? Yeah, I love to read. Uh, I, I love the sort of all the cl- cliche things that people would expect me to say. The G.K. Chesterton, um, C.S. Lewis, and J.R. Tolkien. Everybody who has initials uh, that they there use. There we go. Like, there we um, go. And you guys have followed along, which is so cool. S.D. Smith yeah. and J.C. Smith. That's awesome. <laughs> That's right. PG Woodhouse. I love. I love. Um, I love Pat, uh, Patrick O'Brien's uh, naval stories a lot. There are some right here. That's but, like a big. That's a dad answer. 
Oh, <laughs> the it's like something my husband would say. The naval story, but I love the same ones. The the the, the Count of Monte Cristo and mm-hmm. the Tale of Two Cities, and you know the Jane Austen. I, you know, yeah, we could we could go on. And I love I love uh, yeah. I love read Jane Austen. Oh, him with Pride and Prejudice. Tell you what, we got We got to rectify. I saw that. the movie. <laughs> there you go uh it's just one of those things you know that books are so powerful and so what a gift you've given the world to have this now 11th book and a place for kids to lose themselves in their imagination and for families to read aloud together if people are interested in ordering the book where's a good place for them to go well i I love what you just said and that's i love what you said about just the kids and the families like that that is our heart that is our prayer that is our heart we we our whole goal is to it's like a north star for us is everything else can kind of fade away as we try to love and serve those people try to give them a gift give them a gift so that's that is our heart for sure and you can find it i mean jackzulu.com is probably the easiest place to find the new book you know sdsmith.com is is uh you can find maybe if you're interested in the green ember that kind of thing and and, um josiah c smith yeah now you have your your site up so this is the thing that when you push forward other things open up and you don't ever know how that path is going to unfold it's like in the garden too you don't know how the flower is going to unfold and what are the colors going to be and so it's such a beautiful thing to step into the unknown so now josiah Josiah has his own website, which is fantastic as a high schooler. So Josiah C. Smith, it's you guys have a lot of places you can go. Yeah, you know? it's a lot of places to forget. As people are like, well, they said a bunch of websites. I don't really I'll know. Put them, I'll put them in the show notes so people can find. But your websites are fantastic. A lot of information. People can find the Green Writer and all sorts of things. So make sure that everybody knows. Okay, I said I, I said I asked you the last question, but I actually lied because we always end our podcast the same way. And Josiah, your dad has already done this, so this one goes to you. We always end our podcast with a favorite outdoor childhood memory, and this works perfect because you're still in your childhood. So a favorite outdoor memory that you have up until now, 16 years worth. Hey, this is very cool. I'm trying to think. Uh, can you just edit out the long silence while I- I sure can. <laughs> I can edit <laughs> that out answer. You just um, went to Is it surfing? That's pro- okay, I'm done. I'm done. I <laughs> I rode that joke too far. <laughs> I love the surfing the bit. Surfing Where did it come we, from? We, we, it started at the beginning that. when you were learning what a simile was and a metaphor. That's oh, where it began. Yeah. <laughs> I, so one of my favorite memories was over the summer, my grandfather took uh, me and my brother Micah out to Yellowstone National Park. Uh, and so we rode horses into the park uh, for about 18 miles and camped out there and saw bison and, you know, fly fished and all that good uh, out wow. west stuff. That, that was one of my favorite uh, memories probably you'll remember that forever that's real special too that it was with your grandpa and do you know josiah that i started asking this question because a couple years back i'd asked it on facebook some of your earliest childhood memories and i would say nine out of ten answers were with grandparents oh wow so that's real powerful that's- yours fits it is real powerful to have that multi-generational time together that's so special and inspiring to all the grandparents that are listening take your grandkids even if it's something small they really are going to remember that time with you so i really appreciate this sam and josiah huge congrats on a new book jack zulu and the waylanders key is that how you say it the waylanders or would you say waylanders we, we say Waylanders, I think. We do say Waylanders. We did talk about this a lot. This is, we this spent is, like a whole day trying to come up with names for the series. So, wait, so you yeah. say it. You say it. The Waylanders. The Waylanders, Keith? I say Waylanders. What did I say? I said Waylanders. I said Waylanders. But I got to say it the way that you say it. Waylanders. 
Waylanders. Yeah. Jack Zulu and the Waylanders Key. Pre-order starts on October 4th, so by the time this podcast rolls around, people can pre-order. And this book comes out in November, right in time for an amazing holiday gift for families. And thank you for spending this time. And we're coming to visit. We're coming to visit. I can't wait till it happens. Every time we talk, I feel inspired and encouraged. I love what you're doing. And it's just so cool. I mean, the people, the kind of people, you and the kind of people who listen to you are inspiring to us. And just because, uh, I don't know, I'm still just like, I'm still chewing on your your words about taking risks and getting out there. And I just see that modeled in your own life. So thank you for what you're doing. It's awesome. And we're, we're so encouraged. And yeah, come to West Virginia. We're coming. Thank you for this time. Thank you, Josiah. I hope you win your soccer game tonight. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts.